sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah, let's do this thing. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on a grid, and so is the Raging Redhead. Cam uh, Stewart, Game 2 of the World Series. Countdown uh, is on. Of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers take Game 1. 8-3 final score. Game goes over the number. Dodgers uh, cover uh, the run line, which uh, they seemingly always do. Uh, with a few limited uh, exceptions. Uh, we've got uh, Snell versus Gonsolin this evening, although Gonsolin uh, will be uh, very limited uh, tonight. And all you need to know is that uh, his strikeout prop is two and a half. Uh, so when we talk about uh, limited, he might pitch an inning, he might pitch two innings. I wouldn't expect uh, him to even pitch three. Basically, it's Gonsolin and Dustin May. You know, we saw we saw the other night they went with May and then they went to Gonsolin. I think they're more comfortable after they saw Dustin May throw eight consecutive balls to start game seven camp. I think they figure, you know what, let's try Gonsolin as the starter this time. Uh, but I find it interesting that the Dodgers, Cam, they're somewhat going, they're not going for the kill tonight, but they are uh, in a sense. They're rolling the dice tonight. They got game one in their back pocket. They've got Kershaw for another start. And we'll get to Clayton in a minute. They've got Bueller still waiting, Ken. Urias is a stud. It's almost like Roberts is like, man, if we can win this game tonight, we're going to bury these guys over the weekend. We're going to roll out Urias, Walker, and Kershaw, and it's game over, Ken. That's, I think no, that's I, the I, approach they're taking. Like, if we can it's steal a good tonight, approach. we got last night, let's roll out Gonsolin and May tonight, and then the rest of the series – we're going Kershaw, we're going Bueller, we're going Urias. Or do they throw Urias in tonight? No one knows. I tell you, though, so far, Dave Roberts can pushing all the right buttons. I agree. And everyone's talking about uh, Dave Roberts. Oh, I see on Twitter, oh, yeah, the, the Dodgers got enough runs so he can't screw it up. Shut up. The guy's been great recently, man. What do you want him to do? The series against the Braves, he was fantastic. Guy always gets criticized. Everybody's so negative all the time. Here's the thing. He outmanaged Kevin Cash. Yeah, yeah that's fact. Kevin Cash is known to give guys a quick yep. hook. Everyone knew Tyler Glasnow didn't have it in that inning. He, I, I saw it. You saw it. Everybody saw it. And he left him in there to fry. So you could say what you want about Roberts. He outmanaged Cash in game one. And I'll tell you, Cash, that, that, that concerns me. As a guy, you look at Tampa Bay for value, but value doesn't mean crap if, if they don't win. But it was such a good number. But you look at Tampa Bay, and Gabe, as exactly what we talk about, the Dodgers are in the thick of things right now. They are raking Raking, raking. So many guys on that team are doing damage. They have so many killers in that lineup. Tampa Bay has guys, but not the, not to the extent that the Dodgers have. So I'll tell you one thing. That's the thing. If they get good work from God uh, from Gonsolin tonight, and they don't have to go to the pen early, that's bad news for the Rays. Well, you know, people, as you stated, people are always quick to criticize. And I brought this up on Sports Rage uh, late night radio last night. Uh, your place to be for all the post game action. Uh, of the World Series, especially since I'm a Dodger fan, too. 
All right, Game Time Decisions continues. If you're wondering what that kick-ass uh, riff is coming in, that's Homicide. Uh, great, great uh, band, <laughs> epic uh, band, uh, led by me. Uh, that's right, uh, Homicide. <laughs> Check out the video, Scourge of God, on uh, on YouTube. Just look up uh, Homicide, Scourge of God. And uh, Mike Cardano told me I was going to hell after he watched the video. Uh, but, um, I, you know, he misunderstood. I told him, like, you know, Cam, I am a religious person. So I would never have a song that was anti-God. The song is, we have all upset God. God, yes. <laughs> Scourge of God, I've only listened to it in my backyard, but I'll give you a, an example. It's basically God putting back his wrath in Armageddon on all the people. That's the thing. Yeah. It's God coming back to get all the people back. As you say, you bunch of trolls. <laughs> God killing trolls. Scourge of God. <laughs> Scourge of God. Wipe them all out. Wipe them all out. Uh, so, no, in all, in all seriousness, we saw the same thing. And you know what? I remember... And you and I, although we didn't rip the kid, but I, I liked when the kid, when he came out and he said it. And Trey Young, when, when we said, all right, you got to take, and, and you know what? We weren't insulting Trey Young by saying that draft night. We were on the air before the draft, guys, all right? <laughs> so I was like, you got to take Luke and Doncic, Atlanta. And, and we knew they weren't. We knew they weren't. And you know why they, they weren't? Is because he was European. They were scared. And quite frankly, he was a white European dude. They're in Atlanta. You got a black guy that's on ESPN all the time. Like it was a marketing thing, actually. So, but what? so we we were like, you gotta take Doncic. You gotta take Doncic. He's better than Young. He's better than Young. Young has turned out to be good, right? Young yeah, has turned exactly. Out to be good. We'll give him credit, right? Young's just a three-point yeah. shooter on a bad team, but he's still good. But I like when Young mm-hmm. came out. And he said, you know, it's funny, you all you all hated on me draft night, but you, you don't say anything now that I'm scoring 32 points a game. Dude. And he was right. I like the way that, you know, I find the same thing with Josh Allen, but with Clayton Kershaw, too. And another thing is, Cam, you know, when you're the second all-time strikeout leader in, in playoff history, you've obviously, you know, had some success in the playoffs. He's 12 and sure. 12 now in the playoffs. And let's be real, Cam. There's no, no disputing Clayton Kershaw's had some bad postseason games, as have yes. the Los Angeles Dodgers as a team. It's a team sport, all right? They've won seven division titles in a row and don't have a World Series. Clayton Kershaw only pitches once every five days. Clayton Kershaw didn't lose every game that the Dodgers lost in the playoffs in the last seven years, jackasses, all right? Like, I'm just tired. Like, uneducated people, shut up. I understand if I'm sitting in a barber shop or in a McDonald's, I'm going to hear bad sports takes. But not on my watch here, buddy. Uh, not, not on yeah. our watch, not here. I'm not, so I'm, get, get I'm not allowed in McDonald's. McDonald's is closed at haircutting places. Uh, it's very tough. Very tough these days to get in, Gabe. you got to walk in with a mask and tarp. I will say this, though, and I want to mention one thing about baseball, and this is what we're talking about. Guys, come back. That Stroman story today, that's a whole other story. This guy is unbelievable. Like, he comes out and says, oh, I'm basically better than every guy on the Yankees rotation except for Garrett Cole. And he, and he, didn't, and he didn't mock Severino, but basically threw everybody else under the bus. Like, dude, what have you done? To say something like that. Clayton Kershaw, this guy's a successful pitcher like all the time. That's the difference, man. Some of these other guys come out and they talk, 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 talk. Stroman's unreal. He was that way with the Blue Jays. The guy always, he's a horrible teammate, man. I'm done with his act. Stroman says, uh, uh, take shot at the Yankees while saying he would pitch for them. Their pitching always falls Mm -hmm. in the end, he says. I've, um, 
I've, I've defended Marcus Stroman in the past, uh, but his act is old. Uh, folding in the end, bro, you, you didn't even pitch this year because you were hurt. Like, yeah, like Marcus Stroman, you figure, like, Marcus Stroman, you know who he is? He's Baker Mayfield. And at least Baker Mayfield has realized that, hey, I'm not that good. I better shut up uh, and stop running my mouth. Like, yeah, Marcus Stroman runs his mouth like he's an ace. Like, at least Trevor Bauer backs it up. Bauer runs his mouth, but Bauer's out there every five days, and he backs it up. He pitches well, and he'll own it if he does it. Marcus Stroman, bro, all you do is throw other people out of the bus, point fingers, overinflate yourself, and, you know, quite frankly, your career is just sort of, you know, you're, you're actually an underachiever, yet you think you're a star. But, you know, there's, uh, there, there's a difference between Marcus Stroman and, uh, and Clayton Kershaw, as uh, that's who we were talking about, Ken. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just throwing it out there that Clayton Kershaw, and you, you ever mentioned him. I, I, hey, don't, don't, hey, I know where we're going. I know where we're going. I'm just saying he I has the right to come back. I was, I was but, giving my Stroman take. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Stroman's not in the World Series. I just tonight. threw. I just threw that out there, suggesting sometimes you don't need the talk. Actions speak louder. And Clayton Kershaw, if anybody wants to come back and rip, he doesn't. He just goes out and pitches and, and does his thing. And that's something I respect in somebody. Uh, you know, he gets rid of the noise and he goes out and delivers. And I got to be happy. I, I'm happy for the guy. I had money on the race, plus one and a half in the game, and, and he pitched. He pitched a gem, an absolute gem. And he got out of that jam in the first inning. He sailed after that. Kudos to him. So uh, tonight it's it's up to Blake Snell. It's a big, uh, big, uh, big game for Blake Snell. The, the Tampa Bay Rays need to win this uh, baseball game uh, tonight. And Snell has been fading a little bit. Uh, his last three starts, he only has 10 strikeouts. Um, control has been a little bit of an issue for him. He's getting hit harder uh, right now. Uh, the last time that Blake Snell was on the hill, he got taken out of the baseball game. And he wasn't happy about it. And he criticized Kevin Cash. And he said he wasn't happy about it after now he's back on the hill, and it's interesting because ever since that incident, Cash has been the opposite. Cash is normally pretty quick, and Cash is, you know, Cash thinks he's like a genius, so he'll he overmanages. Uh, but if you'll notice now, Cam, there's been a couple of times, and it happened with Glass now last night. It happened in in the last series as well. He's left guys in too long after now. Right, and it's Correct. just a classic example. He's not fully on tilt right now, but we've talked about it. it. Reminds me of Craig Council years ago in the playoffs with Milwaukee, and Council man was like, he thought he was Casey Stengel or something. Man, he's in the dugout, he's touching left, he's pointing. Every play was a shift. Every pitch, man, they were going out and calling, do this, do that, and he thought he was a maestro. And I remember I told you, Ken, we were on the air. And I said, when you do this, it's like being at the blackjack table for like 10 hours. Eventually, eventually, you're going to start uh, making mistakes. And then Council did, and then the wheels fell off. I sort of see the same thing with Cash right now. He's not really sure of himself what to do with his staff, and you can tell. Yeah, I kind of agree with that assessment. You're right. Sometimes you want to take like the John's Gibbons approach and look half drunk and just let the players kind of do their thing instead, right. of, <laughs> instead of overmanaging. That's the thing about Cash, too. Yeah, he's like a guy that things were working before, and now he's questioning himself because he's going against everything that he, he's done. Every move seems to be the wrong one. It was very weird that he left Glasnow in that wrong. It's a huge game for Tampa Bay tonight. You said it. If they win with Gonsolin and a string of other guys and don't have to use Urias or anybody else, like it's going to be uh the party's over and then maybe they will win in uh four or five but this is this is this is big time for tampa bay they respond with a win then we have a series 
So let's get some updated uh, numbers uh, right now uh, for this uh, World Series game. And the number is coming down. The Dodgers opened up. Uh, they were bigger favorites uh, last night. It was in a minus 150 uh, range. But people believe in Snell and people believe uh, in the Rays. Uh, but as I was saying earlier off the top of the program, people are very stupid. Uh, so I'm not surprised. Uh, but it's down to Set 136 down. right now. Sorry, Cam. Nothing personal. So uh, down yeah, to 136. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what was my soccer game? What, you stupid? You're betting against Bayern Munich? You stupid? Yeah, maybe. I just got, I know what my problem is. I just got, I just got to win. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I told you, I've been brainwashed to take dogs. Like, from, like, maybe people need, I need to go and, like, recircle, well, rewire my you brain. Corner <laughs> kicks with Cam has been uh, called. The network called back. They said they want corner kicks with Cam back. Yeah. Now, yeah they, now they find out. Now, now they're finding out you bet against Bayern Munich today. <laughs> hey, hey, don't worry. Atalanta was a hot pick, and they were very like only minus one fifty. That's your favorite. Hey, don't worry about it. Atalanta. What, Atalanta. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah. Atalanta. Yeah, they. <laughs> Hey, Kyle, you should be, uh, get a new team. Atalanta, don't worry about the Falcons and Braves, buddy. These guys won't let you down. They're strong. Strong Did the side. game go over? <laughs> Usually they're a high-scoring team. Did the game go over four, two yeah, they won. They won four to nil. And tune into oh, the yeah. update. I'll give you I've all the Champions League scores. I've been missing out on this. I'm telling you, all their games go over. Uh, Italian games go over. Gambling joins us next. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Renzi kicking it with a Ranger Redhead. Cam Stewart, uh, World Series Game 2 goes down in less than uh, two hours' time. We're going to break it down. We gave you uh, six winners in this game uh, last night. We crushed it. Uh, we look to keep it going uh, this evening. Uh, we've got uh, – it's a great uh, busy week. Uh, we've got uh, the World Series. We've got Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football is back, actually. Yeah. No NFL Thursday. Well, if you want to call it uh, NFL football, it is the Eagles and the Giants. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's not really pro we'll football, it. but it's, it's football. Yeah. It's football. It's we'll, not pro football. We'll bet but it. It's football. Yeah, um, it's football. And of course, a big fight. Big, big fight this week. I've been looking forward to this one. And I was just thinking a couple of seconds ago to myself during the break right now as we bring in Lou from gamblue.com. I was thinking, I know there's been violent dudes in the octagon before and stuff, but. I don't know if there's like two more scarier men in the world to be in an enclosed space with that want to knock your head off. Like either one. Like imagine, Cam, like you're you're screwed, you're in an alley, you turn around one way, you gotta go through Khabib. And you're like, oh God. Oh, I'm, yeah. You're like, oh no, no. Khabib there. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna turn around. You're in the alley, you start running, and then Justin Gatesy pops in front of you with his fist waiting. Which way are you it's going, bro? You're screwed. 
You're screwed. Like, I, you know what I mean? You know what? Like, no, I'd away. probably go to. I, I, yeah, I'd turtle. I'd turtle. But if I had to find a lane, I'd go to Gaethje because he's looking for the haymaker. And if I found one move, you see me, Marenzi, run for a big man. With with Khabib, I know what he does to bears. He wrestles them, he lassoes them, and he mauls them. He beats up bears, real bears. So I think I'd go with Gaethje, but I'd be killed either way. The safe move is turtling. No, you know what? I'm yeah, going I think Khabib. I'm going with Khabib. <laughs> Gaethje, Gaethje, one punch, man. I can, you know, hey, you're yeah. dead. Yeah, Khabib might have mercy on you. Just snap your arm off or something <laughs> like that. Lou? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, no, you I, like our analogy? They're both bad, bad men, brother. <laughs> I, I, I love it, but I would, I would go to, I would go to Khabib, and I would uh, go straight in for the takedown. I give him uh, my neck <laughs> and just let him, and, and let him put me to sleep. I, yeah, at least yeah. I wake up. If, if I go Gaethje, when I wake up, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I wake up, I'm gonna hurt. That's the thing, yeah, Cam. Or missing teeth. That's the thing. Gaethje, Gaethje's gonna get you with the fist. You, Khabib might yeah. just choke you out, or I don't know, pretzel you yeah. up, and you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I've been choked Khabib out before. It's not that bad. <laughs> but. Uh, so I was just saying, man, two yes. tough, 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 tough fighters going against each other, uh, both with contrasting styles as well. Number is going up, Lou. I was seeing minus 300s. Now FanDuel's got minus 340 for Khabib. Talk to me about uh, this fight that everybody's been looking so forward to. Well, you know, I don't know how much you can really add to this. Khabib is a totally complete fighter, and though many want to give – uh, Gaethje an advantage on the feet. I'll give Gaethje an advantage on the feet, but it isn't the disparaging gap that many think. Consequently, Gaethje's wrestling acumen provides him the ability to to be recognized as Khabib's toughest challenger because of his wrestling acumen and the fact that there's some question whether Khabib will be able to get him down. And if this thing remains on the feet, which Gaethje would prefer it to do, it makes it a tougher fight for Khabib to win, no question about. Well, Khabib can 28-0. This is basically yep. the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals. I thought they were due. Uh, is Khabib <laughs> due for a loss now? How about this, Lou? And I know Lou. Um, I know Lou, you do you do handicap the psycholo- the psychological uh, storylines and angles uh, to fights. This is the first fight that he's fighting without his father, right? So that's correct. Uh, and yeah, and he said the other day, I, I found it interesting. He was talking to a bunch of fighters, um, and he was in the room, and he opened up, and he said, "I'm not the same man I was before." He said, "Without my father." There's a piece of me that's gone, and I'm not the same man anymore. Nobody is. Thought that was pretty deep. I get where he's coming from. You know, when you love someone, a piece of you is gone once they're gone. How does this translate, in your opinion, into the fight loop? Well, I'm glad you said in my opinion, because my opinion is that, uh, first of all, the old man ought to be really proud of this kid. This young man, Nurmagomedov, I'm certain is going to be a senator or some kind of a, a, a national leader in Russia. He is mild-mannered, totally germane, a gentleman. If you saw the early stare-down with Gaethje yesterday, the guy couldn't have been more reasonable. And that's a reflection of his father. He loses his father. I've lost my dad, and and we've all lost parents, and it's affecting. However, Khabib's a little bit of a different animal. 
he doesn't fight for fame and he's not no. fighting for money either. He's not mm-hmm. fighting just to beat up Justin Gaethje. He's fighting this fight for his father. <laughs> That's why he should be 330. On that alone, if we get into the fight part of it, the fight's going to come down to this. And, and Nurmagomedov has told us what he's going to do. I'm going to smash him. So that he's going to go right in from the first step and try and take him down. And for six minutes or 10 minutes or 11 and a half minutes, it's going to be a really compelling fight because Khabib's going to be coming in and Gaethje's going to be trying, moving back, keep distance, knee him, hit him, kick him. Okay, uh, but after X amount of minutes of Nurmagomedov keep coming in and Gaethje keep tossing him off, one guy going to get tired. And in their career, one guy's always gotten tired, and that's Justin Gaethje. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Gaethje, but he hasn't worked on wrestling outside the last few months for years. He doesn't use it in the octagon, and he's said that he doesn't like to use it because it takes too much gas. And Nurmagomedov has said that he don't care about gas, he didn't care about anything. His unrelenting forward pressure, as well as his ability that, that he's improved on his feet, coupled with the dynamic force of fighting for his dad, makes this a pretty simple decision for me. At openers, because of all this, we knew at the opening bell that Nurmagomedov's father had passed. At two minus two thirty, I, I ate as much Nurmagomedov as my wife would let me. Now, in the in the time since, <laughs> very in, filling in the time, in the, yeah, in the time that, that line has gone from. That line's gone from 2.30 to 3.30, and so now it's a little bit different recommendation. And my recommendation is this, is, uh, and, and at the outlets that I've looked, you'll have to check there for me, please. Uh, Khabib inside the distance, minus 110. I, I really, really think that's a very, very strong bet, and I highly recommend it. Well, I was gonna I was gonna go over all the numbers uh, here, Lou. So Khabib to win the fight, FanDuel minus three forty, Gaethje plus two sixty. Method of victory, Khabib uh, by KO TKO plus three eighty. Uh, Khabib uh, on points plus two fifty. Khabib uh, by submission is plus one ninety five. Gaethje KO TKO plus three sixty. Gaethje by decision twelve to one. Gaethje submission twenty six uh, to one. How will fight end? KO, TKO, submission, or or decision? No winner, so you just say KO, TKO. How do you think uh, Khabib wins this fight, uh, Lou? Uh, by submission, takes him down and, uh, you know, neck crank or whatever, puts him just in a horrible spot? Or is it a stoppage where he's raining down shots on him? Yeah, listen, uh, uh, the, the biggest detriment to Gaethje's fight arsenal is his lack of BJJ. So if Khabib gets him down and gets Gaethje on his back, then it it opens up to ground and pound. No, That's really a good question, Gabriel. Uh, however, as I see this fight going somewhere into the fourth round when Gaethje starts to really get tired, when he gets tired, he gets reckless. When he gets reckless, he can get beat. And that, I think that's what's going to happen. And with a gun to my head, that's why I really like the inside the distance. But when you don't have it and you have to choose the three that you laid out, it would be a submission play for me. 
Yeah, and if we look, too, I mean, let's be real. You look at his, his uh, the, the KO to submission ratio. Dustin Poirier, winner by submission. Conor McGregor, submission. Uh, Ian Quinta, decision. Uh, Barbosa, decision. Michael Johnson, submission. He, he The last guy he knocked out was Daryl Horsher. And before that uh, was Thiago Tavares. He, in fact, Lou, he only has his two. He has two two knockouts in his UFC career only, guys. So I think submission would be the way to go if we're looking at uh, if we're looking at the specific prop. One thing, and I'll bring up, and I totally agree with you. Lou. I know about Gage and Khabib. Khabib's got a, you know, a tank like a uh, like a uh, an oil rig, uh, uh, an oil tanker, but. Without being stated, Gaethje was impressive with his tank against Ferguson, wasn't it? Because remember, everyone thought Ferguson even thought, I'm going to let this guy punch himself out early. And Gaethje did it. <laughs> Gaethje just kept throwing, man, and coming at him. But it's a different animal right now. Gaethje believes guys that Khabib doesn't like getting hit. Um, he only absorbs, what, a, a punch a minute, Lou? I know you're a numbers guy. I think it's basically... Who, who likes gets, to get hit? Yeah, no one likes to get hit either. <laughs> exactly. And... And it's not like he's got a glass jar or anything like that could be, right? Yeah. You talked about the relentlessness. That's the thing that people don't realize when they fight could be. They all think, oh, I'm going to catch him. I'll box. I'll be fine. He doesn't stop until he gets you down. So he's just going to keep coming. And it doesn't take him a lot of attempts. And I know Gaethje, I think he's 80%. He's the only people who've only tried to take him down 10 times. And he's uh, he's only been taken down twice, I believe. But you're talking about Khabib here. It's a different. It's a different animal. But the over under for the fight is four and a half. Uh, Lou, what do you think about the total? We got twenty seconds before the break. I think it's lined really well. The guys did a good job yeah. with that. But gun to my, my gun to my head, I'm going under. You know, over four and a half is plus one sixty two. Under four and a half is uh, is two ten. We can get into the exact round betting. We'll also talk about uh, some of the prelims and some NFL with Lou from Gamblu.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decision continues. I am Gable Morenci. We're kicking it with a Ranger Red at Cam Stewart. We're on UFC Fight Island right now. Boss, the plane, the plane. Boss, the plane is here. Dana's here. Dana. Uh, so uh, it's Fantasy Island uh, fight style. Uh, the octagon uh, will be uh, filled with Khabib and Justin Gaethje. We've got a number of 340 uh, right now. It's parlay material for all you parlay uh, pundits uh, out there. Uh, for the parlay pundits, you know what, actually, I'm going to keep this nice and simple here, right? Let me just fire this off here, guys. Let me let you know what the number is. Why leave it on the board? Los Angeles Dodgers to win the World Series and Khabib to win the fight. Parlay. It's going to be ju- juicy still. Got to add another. Oh, 100 will win you 40. That's no bad. Nah, it won't be that bad. It won't, it won't, it won't, it it won't be that bad. We'll, we'll, you're, we'll you're minus 400, minus 300. 
Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll turn in. Trust me, I play a lot of these. It'll turn into minus 159 in that range. I'm going to say, come on, Cam, you're usually pretty good at guessing these numbers. <laughs> no, I think that one's a little bit higher because they won the oh, no. first game. I'm going to say about like a buck 80, buck 75, a buck 80. Probably around there. Both, I think you're both wrong, but we'll get back to that. Well, click, click it, and well, let's see what the number is then. Let's figure it out. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And remember, I told you guys about the uh, – I told you guys about the um, the L.A.L.A. parlay, actually. An L.A.L.A. Mm-hmm. parlay for the oh. Lakers to win the title and the Dodgers to win the title was plus 478. And uh, now it would be pretty nice if we had that in our back pocket after the Lakers uh, get it done. All right, uh, so I'll load up uh, this parlay uh, price. We'll find out exactly uh, what it pays. Uh, But we're all, are you going to roll the dice with Gaethje, Cam? I know you like betting on the underdogs. I don't know, man. You guys, if you guys are both thinking like, uh, you know, Khabib's a lock, it's it's hard to take Gaethje. I was very impressed, though, exactly what you said, Gabe, in the Ferguson fight. I was wrong that fight. I thought Ferguson was going to win that fight, and he didn't. You said it. He 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 had gas. He he did a great job there. It's a different situation, though. But I don't know, man. That number is so damn high. You got to put parlays together with it because there's no way. Or you got to do what Lou did. You got to take it inside the distance or knock it down. That's that's the only way. I I, I can't lay three thirty with anything. Yeah, it's got to be like get that parlay to like a buck twenty or even or something like that. For the record, yeah, minus one seventy three. Okay, and so it's right there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, if this fight was line two fifty, uh, you know, I tell you, Cam, don't you know, don't fret. Take take yep. Khabib. I, when when I put the numbers to it, I end up with Khabib two eighty five or so. So th- up into the threes is too much, but. But there's not enough value on Gaethje for me. Listen, at the end of the day, you got to pick the guy that's going to win the fight. Gaethje fought the yep. perfect fight against Ferguson, a man that has very little physically and fight-wise to do with Khabib. So I, I don't think Gaethje's going to be able to translate that effort again. All right, LouGamblu.com kicking it with us. All right, Lou, what about uh, – let's talk about uh, Cannonier and, the, um, and Robert Whitaker. Uh, what's the, the the updated number right now? It's it's close. It's not quite a pick. Whitaker's plus one hundred four uh, right now. What what do you make of the co-main event, Lou? Uh, this is going to be just a super fight. Uh, Whitaker, ex-champion, man with an abundance of experience, and a man that's also fought the higher caliber fighter than has Jared Cannonier. That said. The attrition that fighters endure, and even though uh, Whitaker's only 29 years old, what his body's gone through, the operations, the knee surgeries, and the attrition, the damage he took in two Yoel Romero fights besides the other fights you roll in together, have his skills at the other end of the apex for his career, in my uh, opinion. I'm not saying the guy's washed. I'm saying his skills are have waned. His quickness, his zip, and his chin have waned. And he's getting in there against a guy that started his career in the UFC at heavyweight, fought heavyweight fights, then dropped to light heavyweight, Fought light heavyweight fights. Didn't have very good success there because he was so over undersized. Uh, he fought uh, Teixeira. He he fought uh, Dom Reyes. He fought Blachowicz, the champion of the division. So 
even though Whitaker's got that powerful left hook, Cannoneer is going to be able to withstand punches from Whitaker, especially after one round when I believe that Whitaker is going to start to slow dynamically. Uh, the advantages for Cannoneer uh, are explosion, power, and hunger. And that's the way I'm going in this fight. By the way, Cannoneer trains at the MMA lab here in Phoenix. I watch him train. I'm, I'm there, you know, when I can be. And while many people may read that as me having a soft side for the, uh, uh, the lab, I'm pretty good on my predictions with lab fighters. And I think Cannoneer is in a really good spot in this fight. Very convincing, uh, Cam. I know uh, yeah. if, if you're on uh, lose car lot right now, I think you'd probably be, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to buy the car right now. I'm ready to buy the RV, the Canyon Arrow. Sold. Yeah, you sold, sold me a car now. Lou sold me an RV. Yeah, the, 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 the parking lot's getting full. Just don't I'm slam sure. the door. Your race reports is interesting, though, Lou. Because, you know, the way the, the way the, yeah, Winnebago, man, don't slam the, don't slam the effing door, Tony. Listen, I'm going to give everyone a clue here. It's going to be real hot. I don't want anyone effing around for the next, <laughs> the rest of the day, including me. My favorite part, man, is the fly part. Stupid flies. Got one fly, two flies, seven flies. Goddamn flies. He starts, like, flipping out. And then he's been into the meltdown like an hour later. He's in the RV. He's like, it's not even funny anymore. Not even funny anymore. What's the goddamn line say, Tony? Why can't I remember the line? I wrote the lines. Yeah, check it out. Winnebago Man, if you don't, uh, if you don't know it. I can do a good Winnebago Man, actually. If I really am in character, I can nail that, like, entire video. I've got a lot of rage issues myself. I sympathize with Winnebago Man. Um, all right, so well, one thing, but... When your breakdown, Lou, in a fight, great job. But it's interesting because everything you talked about, Whitaker, you would figure that he's the 36-year-old man and not the 29-year-old and Cannon Year, right? It's interesting, sort of like, as you say, like his body. He's not done, but his body is pretty beaten up for a 29-year-old. I like where you're going with that. And, you know, Cannon Year seems, and, you know, I like where you're talking about being able to absorb those punches that Whitaker has. And Whitaker has just lost a little bit of that step due to the injuries. It's got to be in his head, Lou, when he's in the octagon. Man, oh, I've broken this bone. Like, every, the guy's got like a million broken bones and a lot of different injuries. He's been in a lot of wars, Lou. I, I, I get your take on this one. It, when when we see Whitaker go for the takedown is when we'll know that the that the fight is in uh, Cannoneer's control. And believe me, he's been preparing for that. All right. So Walt Harris, of course, Walt Harris uh, tragically um, yep. tragically lost his daughter uh, was was murdered, and he fought Alistair Overeem in a very emotional fight. And I tell you what, Walt Harris was pummeling Overeem early. Some people he were was. surprised that they didn't stop the fight. People that bet on Walt Harris were upset uh, that the fight didn't get stopped. And then conversely, it got stopped quick on the other side. And then Overeem started beating him, and they jumped in, uh, and they stopped it. That was an emotional, emotional time uh, for him, Lou. What do you make of this fight against Alexander Volkov, who's very tricky and awkward fighter to fight, Lou? Uh, you know, very you know, tall yeah. dude experience, good fight IQ. Thing with Volkov is, and I know I know Volkov going back, you know, for, for years, back to his Bellator days even, he doesn't beat himself really, Lou. Like, he's not spectacular, but he's smart, 
And unlike a guy like Stefan Struve, Volkov knows how to use his length and the distance that he has. He got, um, you know, he lost to Curtis Blades. He beat uh, Greg Hardy, but he lost to Derek Lewis. Is Walt Harris in the same category as a Derek Lewis? And a, I don't know if he's a, a, a Blades, but is Walt Harris that level of fighter? Because he's lost to the same similar guy that Walt Harris before. What's your take on this one? I think that the Volkov camp, uh, Gabriel, looks at uh, Harris in the same light that they do the Beast, and therefore they're salivating to get after him and and get that bad taste out of their mouth. Uh, Volkov, you're right, very European, even though he's a Russian, in that their style, they're striking uh, primarily. Muay Thai, very upright, somewhat rigid. He absolutely needs to use his length and his kicks to maintain distance, and he's a steady fighter. He's going to need to weather a furious five minutes from Walt Harris because Walt Harris, for five minutes, is a top six heavyweight in the division. However, Walt Harris, for nine minutes after that, really fades. He's 37 years old, so not only is he going to be giving up tremendous height and reach to Volkov, he's going to also be giving up some age. Uh, Volkov's going to need to weather the first few, uh, I'd say the first six minutes, minutes of this fight, but if he gets into the second round, I believe this fight turns totally into Volkov, and I see a Volkov uh, pretty dominant decision here. Yeah, Volkov's got a good chin, too, guys. Like, he's been hit before. You look at, like, he's faced sluggers, like real sluggers. Like, he's been in there with Verdum, with Roy Nelson, right? So he knows the American slugger, Lou, right? Like you said, their camp, they they know what they're getting themselves into on this. And listen, he got caught against Derek Lewis. There's no shame in that. You know, it is it is what it is. But I'm just stating, guys, if you're not really familiar with Volkov, don't be fooled by the eight losses. The guy's been fighting forever. He's been fighting uh, since 2009. He's been in M1. He's been in Bellator. He's been everywhere. He's fought. Uh, he's fought in everyone. And as I stated, as far as, like, big, heavy dudes, you know, he beat Fabricio Verdum. He beat Roy Nelson. Uh, he beat, like, uh, the skyscraper and Stefan Struve, which I believe was the tallest fight in the history of MMA. And I think it was the tallest combination uh, when those two uh, were in there. It was, like, 6'9 and 6'11 camp. Uh, Volkov, mm-hmm. big, uh, big, tall Russian. Uh, so he's got a chin. All right, Lou, we only got a couple more minutes. Uh, fun stuff breaking down this card. What did we miss? What are you looking at here on the prelims? Yeah, on the undercard, I've been waiting for somebody that's going to take Charles uh, Cowboy Oliveira's face and smear it all over the canvas. And this this guy, this guy Rachmanov, yeah, he's a Kazakhstani. to knock his cowboy hat off. No, no, no. Smear smear his face. Holy Lou. I gotta, I gotta, I don't like guys that I believe cheat. And I believe at the head of the cheating list in the UFC is Cowboy Oliveira. You look at it, the fight against Brooks and a couple others. But, but listen, be that as it may, a kryptonite to BJJ or Muay Thai strikers, which is what Oliveira is kryptonite is that grappler this kazakhstani has uh, is 12 and 0 in the m1 global scene he has experienced uh main event 
uh, fights in that division. He's fought on the local regional scene, and that's a tough local regional scene if we've paid attention to Kazakhstanis lately. All the top fighters there, and he's coming into this fight really poised and, and, and ready to roll. He started a dog. I missed the plus 140, plus 130. I got to plus 120. I'd encourage your people to go find him right now because he'll go off the favorite. Uh, Rachmanov uh, currently you can tell me what his current price is, gents. Uh, he is a plus 100. Pick him. Plus, plus 100. 100. Yeah. Hey, like hey, jump on that like a, like a fumble in the Super Bowl jump on that. Does he know Khabib? Does he train with Khabib at all? He's 12 and 0, this guy. Uh, he, he's in the. He, he trained. He trains and knows uh, Shimeyev and that whole group. I'm telling you, the, we're going to hear a lot in the next killers. few years yeah. from these yeah. Kazakhstanis and the Chinese. Yeah. They're, they're coming. Give me a Kazakhstani fighter on the card that Khabib is on. This guy ain't going there to lose. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, exactly. I like where you're going with that. Check out Lou on Twitter at Gamblu. Gamblu.com. Game time decision continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. That was uh, great stuff with Lou from uh, Gamblu.com. Really enjoyed breaking down this uh, UFC card. It's a fun one. It's going to be a violent one, fellas. It's going to be a violent one. Joey Odessa will step up and in and join us on Friday. We'll get into it uh, more. It's always nice to see the weigh-ins, the ceremonial weigh-ins, and uh, everything else uh, in between. And listen, it's it's the UFC, so crazy stuff's going to happen uh, over the next couple of days uh, for sure. But both these guys are very respectful of each other. Khabib is very respectful, and Justin Gaethje is just a badass. That you know, you know, the common theme is they just don't like Connor. It's just they don't yeah, like Connor exactly. McGregor. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Good. Like, like yes. Gaethje and Khabib are all like, "How you doing? Gonna see you? Good to see you." They yeah, shake hands. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's gonna be a great fight. They both say the same thing: "I respect the hell out of the other guy, but I'm gonna kill him." Right? Like that's yeah. what the UFC is about. Not the Connor stupid stuff talking about your wife and your country and your religion and stuff I know. like that. It's just lowbrow, cheap stuff. And I love the Khabib set because Connor's fighting Poirier. And Khabib's like, they're not getting a shot after. Why? Just because they want it. (laughs) (laughs) So Khabib's like, like, uh, I'm going to fight GSP. I want to fight GSP. And I love Khabib. I think Khabib's great. And you can argue he's the greatest of all time up there, whatever. It's an open debate. But nevertheless, it goes to show that Khabib thinks GSP is the greatest of all time because he wants that on his resume that he beat George St. Pierre. Because Khabib thinks George St. Pierre is the best UFC fighter of all time. Khabib discounts John Jones due to the cheating. So yeah, he respects. But the thing is, to me, it's like LeBron James wanting to play Michael Jordan in one-on-one. Exactly. Let's settle it all, bro. Let's settle it all right now, yeah. LeBron and Jordan. It's like, yo, LeBron, Jordan's like 57 years old right now. Exactly. However old he is. Like, he's not the same. So Khabib, you're in your prime. George St. Pierre's been retired for four years. The guy exactly. is doing tire commercials in Quebec, Montreal right now. Like, yeah, and, in, <laughs> and insurance, yeah. He's doing well. Yeah, like, <laughs> Bel Air insurance commercials. Like, yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's retired, exactly. retired. Like, he's not, like, retired waiting for the right offer. He's retired. 
Like he is retired. I don't know what people don't understand about this. In game live on the other side, we get to the World Series. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.